friends, welcome to episode 150, that's right, 150 Dear of God. Storyteller Conclave. This is a show all about helping you run this ta- the best tabletop role-playing game that you can. Whether you're a new storyteller or dungeon master learning the craft or an experienced start- storyteller looking to take your game to the next level. I'm just so excited. You are very excited. I'm stumbling over my words. This is 150th episode today. Yeah, yeah, like... It feels weird that we blew past 100 like it was no big deal. But, like, for some reason, 150 is <laughs> special. 150 is the hype zone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is definitely. I think that. And the other thing was uh, doing some uh, marketing research with our marketing specialist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like, we're over 6,000 listens, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. is great. And yeah. our, our numbers have been climbing mm-hmm. all over the place. Um, And that doesn't count the, the people we don't know that are out there that yeah. listen to us through other methods so because not not all of our metrics are great <laughs> yeah 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 not not all of our not all of the, the the podcast networks give us great numbers no and no and we're, we're constantly like reviewing like do we do we switch do we move like what do we do and like at the same time we're like are we reaching the people we need to reach if we moved would we reach more people yeah. would it be better for us yeah, we've got we've got a a, a good number of, of loyal listeners and uh, we love every single one yeah of you. thank you so much yeah it's wonderful, and those who join our Discord, we love to have you. Overwatch, I see you out there. I see you. You have and been honestly, seen. if there was just like five of you listening, we'd probably still do this because it's great therapy and, and practice for us. So yeah, and when we get old and start forgetting shit, we can come back and listen <laughs> to the episodes. That's <laughs> true. That's true. But uh, I mean, it, it, to be quite frank, it is a wonderful thing for us to do for ourselves yeah. because we are constantly learning new systems. It gives us an excuse to, to power read through a system and get to know it. Yeah, absolutely. It review mechanics that we forget about mm-hmm. that other systems have and kind of just get a feel for like where we're at. Yeah, exactly. So it's a good vibe. Speaking of which my game was last week. Uh, your game was last week. Yeah. So let's, let's and I did something it. different. Again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm notorious for doing different it was, things. It was a very narrative game. It was. It was very narrative. Um, but uh, uh, in my uh, game, uh, one of the big things you guys are going after are these orbs uh, that are, are magically attuned uh, to one of the... I'll use the term loosely. School. Yeah, the, the schools of magic, basically. Yeah. Or divination, yep. evocation, conjuration. Abjuration. Yep. Abjuration, yeah. Uh, so this was the orb of divination, and uh, I was trying to figure out a good way to handle the immense power that comes off of this thing. Because effectively, it kind of just... The original design that I had was it would amplify magic of its uh, school by ten times mm-hmm, within mm-hmm. its zone. When I got to fourth edition, uh, I was like or 5th edition, I was like, ooh, uh, that doesn't work nearly as well. I'll use a wild magic trope system, and mm-hmm. I'll just grab the wild magic thing as one of the things it do, but I'll also enhance a field around it, and that field will be a specific spell effect or series of spell effects. Yeah. Um, so in this last one, I was like, okay, well, there's only two things that like Divination does really well, and that is Foresight. Uh, and I was like, okay, so I could have everybody rolling with advantage, you know, uh, knowing that things were about to happen, but both, that would put both the, uh, attackers and defenders on the same level of like, oh god, this is crazy. And it would make combat really long. Yeah, it really would. Um, so instead I decided to go with an aura around it, uh, that was out a specific distance, and that when you, in- when you entered that aura, it would break reality. And whatever you were attempting to do would be one of the outcomes that could possibly occur. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I, so I kind of made it a challenge for you guys, and you guys did a really good job of figuring out the challenge, the base mechanics of the challenge. It didn't. It didn't take base eight math. No. Apparently, so, <laughs> so um, my calculus degree is just going to waste. But in th- but through that challenge, I was also able to express things that had happened in the past. Gave you guys some lore that was specific and some possible future things that were occurring mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that that either you could change if you got to them in time or that you knew was going to happen and how it was going to happen. Telling the future in, in tabletop games is yes. always weird, weird and awkward and very difficult. It is, um, but I got some really great advice mm-hmm. uh, about it, and uh, one of the things that uh, was presented was, remember when you're telling the future, it is a scene without your players. Mm-hmm. And if they interject with the scene, that's where things change. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that that makes it simple. Mm-hmm. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to present the scene as if they were never there, how things are going to go. So they're just – it's through the mind's eye. And then 
the moment that you guys failed, you were accepting this vision and stepping into its reality. Yep. And changing your own, distancing yourself from your own reality. Yeah. 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 It so was, it was, and it was, it was pretty fun. Yeah. It was pretty fun. It was very different. It was, different, it, was so. it was very neat. Yeah. yeah. Lots of very, very role play heavy. I think there was like four die rolls the entire time, you know? Yeah. Well, mostly for the saves. Yeah. A couple saving so, throws. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, but, uh, one of the things that we strive to do between both of us is follow our own procedures as yeah. we go through things. And that's kind of what kicked off the show is, is that we do a lot of things by rote. Like we've, we've always done them this way. We, uh, we, we wish you say this a lot, like when we're putting together our show ideas, um, and we're writing down our ideas for the show and stuff like that. Um, uh, you know, we'll be jotting things down on our, on our note sheet. Uh, it's a, just a collective Google doc that we use basically. Mm-hmm. And, um, one or the other of us, usually you, will just go. Yeah, yeah. We 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 do that reflexively, but people need to hear us say yes, it. Yes, you know. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. I guess I guess that that like, you show your math and you think that two plus two is an easy thing, but like if you don't know to, that you know if you don't know what you're doing, right? Seeing that you've added two plus two to get four is very valuable. Yeah. You know. And and I always have to look at it from my perspective is that you know I work in a field where um. When you're talking to somebody, you're having to deal with a procedural step, and you always have to assume at the lowest level, like, you're not trying to treat them like an idiot, but, like, have you ever encountered this thing? And they're like, no, I wouldn't even know to do that. I'm like, okay, let's roll this whole thing back. I'm not I'm yep. not dumbing this down. Stop me at any time, but we're going to go through the very basics so that we're both on the same level. Yeah. And yeah. I always have to do think about that whenever we're doing shows is like okay when we talk about this let's get it back down Mm -hmm. to the first person who's listening to our show who's never played a game or never ran a game yeah and absolutely so one of the things that i wanted to do was this routine ritualize and repeat methodology about all the things that we take for granted yeah and (laughs) what's funny with some of the stuff we take for granted was like in the show description (laughs) and i was like we We didn't include that we wrote the whole show sheet up and then we're like wow we did not write any of the stuff that was actually in the description for the show so uh uh, yeah, let, let's 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 take a minute. Let's and we'll, start there, honestly. Like, well, what, what I'm going to say is, yeah. like, when we're talking about this this three step, and I I like routine, ritualize, and repeat. And the reason why that is is that what you're trying to do is you're trying to make certain steps a routine for you. Mm-hmm. You want it to become that you're pulling out even like a note card at the right times to basically say, okay, did I do these things? It's a checklist, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. You ritualize it, and what that really is doing is you're making the process natural. You're you're making it so that you know when this process happens. You're doing it through a certain methodology that feels comfortable for you, you know, because um, we're going to give you very broad statements, but it's not going to tell you specifically, like, you should open a Google Doc or you should be doing this in Discord or you should be doing this in a certain way. Yeah, sure. So, and then realistically, just repeat it. Just keep doing that methodology for yourself and you will find that things become rote to you. And the next time you run a game for somebody who's another storyteller, they'll look at this and go, oh, this person's got their shit together. Yeah. You know? And yeah. and that's gr- it's a great feeling for yourself because then that pulls a whole load off your shoulders. Mm-hmm. You'll, you'll feel less stressful coming to games. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so I would say let's start at the, start the before. Okay, sure. And I'm, I'm talking not just before your session, not getting ready for the session, but before the session, like maybe a week before the session even maybe two two or three weeks yeah it depends on how it's going yeah, yeah i mean if you're if you're if your sessions are every other week or something like that maybe the week before you know kind yeah, of a yeah, thing yeah but one we, of the we play every month so yeah. it's it's uh we've got we got quite a bit of lead time for our games right right i think one of the big things for me right now especially in the climate that we have right now and the conditions of of life you know, viruses uh, people dealing with a lot of stress right now mm-hmm shocks that are happening to, to people depending on where they are in life you know you don't you don't know where it's at do your check-in it's annoying you shouldn't have to check in with your players we we've said that players should, should be checking in with you because you're the one hosting mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. it's your party but should you be checking in the answer i always say is yes real life does happen yeah real real life happens and uh frankly if, if your players are already dealing with something that's going to interfere with them making it to your game at all or on or just on time in general um they're they're dealing with something yeah so oh oh crap i, I gotta tell rob i'm not going to be there or i'm not gonna or i'm gonna be 15 minutes later or whatever may not be the first thing on their mind because they're right. already they've already got their hands full so just a quick check-in of like hey vibe check guys yeah and 
If in your head you ever have the mind frame of, oh man, this person might flake or blah, 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 check. Just mm-hmm. check. Get that out of your head. That will help you remove that from your head so that you don't have to think about that. If, you, if you've got a person who's, who's anxious and may just not show up because of anxiety reasons or something like that, check it. Like, yep. find out, check that. Yeah, um, Two, equipment check. Big, big thing. Like, I, I I tote around a lot of equipment. You do, you do. You know me. Like, I always have minis, I've got terrain, I'm a very physical uh, gamer. Yeah. Um, And uh, I've got, you know, we're playing Savage Worlds, so mm-hmm. I've got, like, status tokens, I've got yep. the bennies, I've yep. got multiple decks of cards, mm-hmm. so I've got just a bag of tools. That yeah. I have with me at all times. Yeah, I've known a couple people who've done the briefcase, you mm-hmm. know, the DM briefcase that has all of the DM stuff, the shield, the, the, you know, initiative tokens, the status tokens. Yeah. You know, the key people for that game, they might have in a special box, you know, they might have their, you know, NPC cards in there as well. But I'm also talking about, like, if you're doing digital stuff, make sure your speaker's working. It's, if, if it's a wireless charge, you know, make sure it's charged up. Yep. Make sure your, your music works. Make sure your your Wi-Fi is doing, you know, have those pieces again and plan for an alternative. Mm-hmm. You might get up to that moment and be like, crap, this isn't going to work. Like, get, make sure you got like an extra sheet and some markers off to the side if you can't get your digital gaming board up. Yep. That happens. I It's happened to me a few times. It has. You know, where it's just like, okay, well, I'm not going to be able to do it this way. So here's a printed version of it because I really wanted to make sure the graphics look good. Yeah. You know, yeah. kind of a thing. Um. Making sure your Spotify playlists and stuff, yes. up your music, and if you do, if you do background music. Um, well, uh, uh, and the one thing we did notice was is like you may lose items off your list because you don't own everything on Spotify or on Google Music. Oh yeah, the license might just uh, you know be Fade. contested or go out or something yeah. like that, and yeah, half your playlist may just be gone one day. Yeah, it's it's happened a few times to me. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then. Reviewing the plot. Okay, yeah. Reviewing your plot is the big one for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this, this is like something uh, that, that I do. Um, it's actually kind of become my thing like as I'm trying to fall asleep at night as yeah, well. That does not work for me. Uh, just to try to keep my brain occupied and just, you know, focused on something so that it's not just all over the place. Um, but reviewing your plot is basically just going over your major plot beats mm-hmm. um, for your next session in your head during your free time. Shower. Toilet, washing dishes, morning commute, whatever you got going on where your brain is just floating and unoccupied. Mm-hmm. Fill it with something. Go, you know, okay, uh, my bad, what is my, you know, I've got a handful of, like, questions I kind of ask myself. Yep. And they're just, just little questions. Mm-hmm. Like, why is my villain doing the thing that they're doing? Yep, for this week. Stay close. Stay stay tight with what you're doing. Well, even even just kind of in the grand scheme of things. And, the, and, and this this question is there for, like, just to make sure, like, okay, I've got this cool idea for a plot and my next game is coming up. And you may have this great idea of, like, it's going to go in this direction. And then the moment you ask, why is my villain doing this? Mm-hmm. You can't come up with a good answer. Yep. And this is – you want to realize these things before you get to your table, yep. you know? Um, why is your villain doing the thing? Uh, why, why would your heroes be involved with this? Yeah. Make sure that your heroes are on a collision course with your villain. Yeah. You know? Yep. Um, why would they act, uh, why would they act the ways that you might predict and plan for? Mm-hmm. As in, if you think your fighter is going to go charging into battle, you know, make sure that that's what you've got planned for, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and then ask what complicates this. Yep. Okay. So think about your plot and I have talked about this a little bit on the mm-hmm. show before. Mm-hmm. I tend to have very meat and potatoes plots, very straightforward. There's a bad guy who's doing a bad thing. There's heroes who are good guys who need to stop them from doing the bad thing. Yep. And I don't have a lot of like twists and turns and backstabbies and wheels within wheels in my, yeah. in my plots. Yep. yep. Um, but I do like to have a good twist or two in there, obviously to keep my players on their toes. Yep. And so sometimes when, when you've got, the idea of like my villain is going to do an evil thing mm-hmm. that's the plot mm-hmm. sometimes taking these moments to think what can complicate this for the villain yeah so what roadblocks is your villain trying to overcome mm-hmm. okay why didn't he just do that thing you know? right so they're, they're trying to do what they're trying to do a bad thing just ask yourself like okay what what is going to stand in their way of doing that 
And then what other resources does your villain have on hand to overcome those roadblocks? Mm -hmm. Do they have minions? Do they have magic items? Mm -hmm. Is there a side quest maybe that your villain is going on instead of just shotgunning for the main Mm -hmm. big bad world domination plot, you know? Yeah, and then how does this look from the outside? Exactly, and that's a big good question right there because your players are inevitably going to ask your average peasant, what's going on in the big evil castle up on the hill? Well, you need to know what that peasant's answer is. How does it look from the outside? What is an outsider's perspective of what's going on? Yeah. Ask yourself these things when you have your when you have your free time, Mm -hmm. and you'll already have the answers for them when you sit down at your your, at your table. You'll pick out a lot of neat little plot holes that you Mm -hmm. didn't know that you had just by taking five minutes of okay, I'm going to the bathroom now. So. I've got nothing to do but watch the cat stare at me uncomfortably mm-hmm. and think about my plot. And scroll through Instagram. And scroll through <laughs> but Instagram. Stop scrolling through Instagram the week before your game. Exactly. And get your shit together. And and think about your plot. Yes. That's right. So just, again, again, I'm just going to quick review. So check in with your players, do your equipment check, and review your plot. Yes. Real simple things. Three real simple things to just remind yourself to go through those things. And... Perspective is a big thing, especially for the plot. Don't go crazy. Keep yourself sunk. You don't want to go off on runs and tangents and forget why you're in the scene you're going to be in the next week. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. that does happen a lot. Yeah. So what to have ready for the session. This is, we're talking just before. This might be the night before. This might be the morning of of a couple hours before. Yeah. Um, So... One of the things that I would say is have your space ready. Now, the space includes you. This isn't just cleaning. This isn't just making sure the tables are right and the chairs are all set up and the lighting actually works and your light bulbs are changed. You know, those kinds of things. It's just look at the space and make sure people can be comfortable, that everything's going to be ready. But also, there's a fair amount of self-preparation that has to be done. Yeah. Um, so I, I I took a little bit of acting uh, courses in uh, in college. And uh, one of the things that my professor always taught me is uh, shoes change the way you walk. Mm-hmm. If you, if you, if you, even if you're not doing any other costuming, even if you're just rehearsing, make sure that you are wearing the shoes that your character would wear, mm-hmm. because they change everything about your posture. They mm-hmm. change everything about how you walk, and you'll find that once you've changed that, you've put yourself in that mindset of your of your character. Mm-hmm. Now. This goes for storytelling too, um, in in that you want to put yourself in the mindset of I am going to be a storyteller today. Yep. Uh, now, I know you're all probably snickering. You're thinking of the robe and the wizard hat. Of mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, you're gonna DM? Do you have a DMing outfit? Uh, no, but I do like on game day to make sure that I dress nicely, mm-hmm. that I do my makeup, mm-hmm. I do my hair, I mm-hmm. put on some nice jewelry and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Not. Dressed up with giant air quotes, but maybe just a little nicer than I would go to work. Yeah. You know, um, simply because, A, I am going to be presenting that day. Yeah. Eyes are going to be on me. Mm-hmm. I would like to look presentable. Yeah. But also, it helps put me into a mindset of I'm doing something official. I'm mm-hmm. doing something um that is, that is, it's something I take pride in. Yeah. You know, and I want to present myself in such a way mm-hmm. that I take pride in it. So. So it is kind of like putting on your wizard's robes. It's you know? a little bit like putting on a wizard robe. Yeah. 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 Put I on mean, a robe it, and wizard hat. Yes. Yeah. So uh, for me, I am always nervous that I'm going to miss something. I'm always anxious um, that things are going to go on properly. Mm-hmm. Kind of a thing. Um, so traditionally what I will do to make sure that I don't miss something um, or stumble through something is I will look over my scenes and I'll listen to the music that helped me prepare for them. Mm-hmm. And just that meditational process of listening, getting the scene in my mind, going through the, going through the motions of it in my head is enough for me to feel more confident. And it's, it's like rehearsing your lines in yeah. a lot of ways Yeah, absolutely. is that, um, and then you triggered something in my head that I I rarely remember, but I do it sometimes at the table. Mm-hmm. Is I'll, if I have a specific character that I need to evoke a certain way with my players, I'll pull the uh, Robin Williams from Hook moment where Tinkerbell's teaching him how to be a pirate. Mm. Like she puts the hat and like this thing on him and is just like, okay, 
Now lean to one side. Act like you've got a, a, a bum leg. Squint with your other eye and drool. Now, now growl. Arr! You know, like, <laughs> how are you? I'm great. You know, but it's that whole moment that you're, you're, you're putting yourself in the character's position when mm-hmm. you do those NPCs. So sometimes just adding that extra note in that reminds you that one little thing, like this person has a scar on their right eye. So what am I going to do? So I have a note that says, cover your right eye. Yeah. So when I come to the table and I'm going to do this character, I just cover my right eye. And that reminds me of who I am mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. who I'm going to be for the scenes. And it's little things like that. Cause like one of our characters has a hard time with voices, but if I cover my right eye, she knows who I am. Yeah. And that's, it's those types of things that help me come out of that anxiety. Yeah. And, yeah, and feel more confident about it, which takes me right to practice, practice. And when I say practice, I don't mean like do everything, but literally go through the light motions of, okay, I'm opening the scene. Do I have my NPC motivations ready? Do I have the scenery, the the pieces that I'm going to be putting down, if there is any? Am I just presenting an image to my players because it's mostly narrative? You know, so I want to have that graphic ready yeah. for that piece. Yeah. Do I know the attitudes of people? Like, is it a tense scene? How do I put across the intensity through the NPC's communication? Do I make them stammer? Do yeah. I make them stutter? Do I do I make them hesitant to talk to anyone because somebody might get them or hear them? You know? Um so having those the scene descriptions, the positions, the components that you need, and just literally setting them out and walking through it to make sure that you're doing it just a second time a little later. Yeah, yeah. Can make a huge difference because you'd be like, Oh crap, I need barrels. I forgot barrels. You know, and now you can go grab your barrels and set them up there. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And you might make like little boxes of this is what I need for this scene, you know, kind of a thing. Uh, for me, I'm 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 big into uh, voice acting. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of my characters and stuff of like that, and so like a lot of my uh, free time, especially when Sean isn't around, mm-hmm. is uh, practicing my characters' voices mm-hmm. and stuff of like that. Um, which, of course, I'm running an Elder Scrolls game, so some of the Daedric princes. I have actual voice reference for, yeah, you, you know, because they appear in multiple games. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, I've got a Meridia impression. I've got a Shia Gorath impression, you know, yep, yep. <laughs> that, that I've, I've worked on. Yep. Um, and, uh, yeah, there's, there's been plenty of, especially before COVID hit, there was plenty of time in my car driving the 45 minutes to work that is, that was just me talking to myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, you know, getting those lines down and, and just thinking like, you know, okay, if, if, if your character says this, how would, you know, how would Meridia react? Right. You know? Right. Would she be aloof? Would she be demanding? She, she, she's, she's imperious and demanding, yes. you know? Yes. You will. You will do this for me, mortal. You know? That's right. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so then beyond that step for me, it's burning the demons out of your head. You're, you're not a performer. You're a storyteller. Remember, guys, fight the satanic panic, That's make right. it ritual, and burn the demons That's out of your right. head. That's right. But it <laughs> it takes everybody at the table. You're not just ha- – they're not buying tickets to do a show here. Mm-hmm. So they're there because they want to be there and be part of the game. Relax. Yeah. It's going to be fine. It's going to be okay. It's going to be fun. But you've got to let go of the demons that are like, oh, God, what if I do this wrong? Or, oh, God, are they even caring about this kind of stuff? Everybody you, at the you table gotta get hates me. My yep. plot is awful. I've got – it's full of plot holes and inconsistencies and – Yeah, just – It's boring and predictable. Yeah. It's fine. Yep, it's, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Believe me, there are much worse stories that have been told and sold. And, and like, kind of among the, the, the burn out your demons thing is, uh, like, this this will come into something we're going to talk about in just a little bit here with uh, roses and thorns and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, like, after your games, talking to your players. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be honest with you, like, 60% of the discussion I have with you is me bouncing ideas off of you. Yeah. But the other 40 is just wanting validation to burn my own demons. No, that makes sense. Of, of, and just, just straight up, like, are you guys engaged with my plot? Like, you know, like, like, <laughs> yeah. it, it's not too simple, is it? Like, you know, uh, I, like, one of my, one of my players was, was, uh, just beside himself because he guessed what the plot was. Yeah. After I handed you guys a boatload of evidence. Yeah, no, you know, no, it made sense. And he put he put two and two together and he was like, no, it's vampires in the sewers. Yeah, it's it's not base eight math. <laughs> and, then he, and then he felt really bad about it and I'm like, no, that was great. Thank you, you know, but, uh, but 
At the same time, though, sometimes, you know, you, you, you scratch your head and you wonder, you're like, was that too easy? Like, I, but was it like, it's one thing if it's like, oh, hey, I got it. It's vampires in the sewers. This is amazing. Mm-hmm. But then there's that step like just past it where it's like, it's, van- Ugh, of course, it's vampires in the sewers. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you want to make sure that it's the yay vampires, not, oh, it's. You know, you want to be Willy Wonka at Willy Wonka on the Chocolate Factory, the original, where he looks at him and he goes, you've won. You've won it all. You figured it out. Yeah. It's yeah. that joyous moment where they're like, what? And yeah, no, that's it. It's that simple. Mm-hmm. You know, and you want that feeling as a DM yeah. or as a storyteller. It's it's there. So if you need to talk to your players and ask them how much they're enjoying your game, and just even if you know the answer is I'm having a blast, just so you can hear them say I'm having a blast, it's okay. It's quite alright. It's it's actually okay. And you should probably all, do it. We all need some validation. Storytelling is a big job. I don't think man. Matt Mercer needs validation. I think he gets enough, but no, I think he does though. I think deep down inside he gets it. He, he we never see him get the validation that he needs. Because here's, he has his friends here's the thing, validating is that it. Matt Matt Mercer, even Matt Mercer, like if you you've, you've watched it, like personal interviews with him, he talks a lot about like his own like personal self image issues and stuff like mm-hmm. that, and of course the weight of critical role being on his shoulders as the storyteller of that. You yeah, know? he's and creating worlds. He's yeah. created worlds, but like even just his just in his day to day life of just his own, you know self-image and self-validation and stuff of that like no man we we all need love it doesn't you know you're never going to hit a point where you're like i'm good enough that i don't need love mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. we all need it i've yeah. been i've been you and i've both been storytelling for in excess of 25 years mm-hmm. and we both are like did, did you like it did mm-hmm. you like it was it okay was it okay okay good good yeah good. yeah yeah was it good enough yeah all right we're not going to talk about during the session because we go over that constantly, and there's all kinds of little things. Yeah, that's literally the whole show. That's the show. So we're gonna we're gonna jump to what to do at the end of your session, which is often forgotten because people just close up and go. You know, I've seen that way too often. You know, and that is is you have to take note of things that your players are engaging with, mm-hmm. not the characters, the players. They might be talking a lot about it. their character. Might be you know simplistic. Not caring mm-hmm. or, or aloof, but you can watch the player be like, dude, you totally need to go do that, you know, to another player because they want to see something in that. And th- this is a, this is a subtle thing. Mm-hmm. Like this isn't something that's very easy to quantify, you know, it's hard to track. A great example I can think of from your seventh C game mm-hmm. was the Shatterman. Yes. Okay. Yes. You threw in this like creepy Jack Skellington fairy character. Yeah. Who is a um, tailor. Who was a tailor, a like tailor. this weird shop, a curio shop of mysteries. That existed everywhere. That, like, yeah, existed everywhere and nowhere, exactly where it needed to be, when it needed to be. You Correct. Know? Um, so, like, really, really weird character, and only one of our characters was involved with the Fae. Yeah. Uh, and that was Enid. And Enid, um, uh, like, you threw this NPC in as just like a, oh, here's a curiosity. Enid needs something, so I'll bring this fairy character in because this character is yep. a, you know, part fag. Cool, whatever. And, like, Enid was just like, oh, you are my new best friend. And, like, glomped onto this character. And, like, mm-hmm. every everything became about, like, well, what's going on with the Shatterman now? Yeah, well, how is he involved in this? And you're, and you're like, that was a throwaway NPC mm-hmm. for like one scene, but you watched your player become engaged with yep. this throwaway NPC, and you read that and went, well, obviously this is something my player is enjoying. Mm-hmm. I need to put more of this character in there. I, it wasn't going to be woven into the no, plot, not at all. But it freaking is now, you know. Yeah, and, and like just... he saves her from a scene. Yeah, in fact, so. Yeah. Uh, and so it's, it's, it's those sorts of things of like watching, um, uh, you know, a character who, uh, like your, uh, like Vicky, uh, your wife mm-hmm. is, um, generally pretty quiet yeah. at the table, but there are certain things you know she's going to engage in. Yep. And like gross injustices mm-hmm. are one of the big ones for her. You yes. Know? Um, we talked about a plot where my character, where, uh, the, the bad guys were using children. They were mm-hmm. press ganging children into, uh, into service. She would have none of it. And yeah, that was, that crossed a damn line. And I have never seen her and her character get 
fiery, white, hot, angry, and initiate combat by spearing someone with an, with an arrow. Yeah. Like, just like that. Yep. You yep. know? Yep. Didn't yep. say three words before that. Nope. But the so, moment that guy shoved a kid, it, yeah, it it's, was like roll initiative. <laughs> yeah, when you see when you see your players jump at something or growl at something, or like we're going to talk about rose and thorns, or comment on something in a very active way, not not salty, mm-hmm. but like you know, that is an engagement. That is where you like make a little note about that. Yeah, just just a little side piece and kind of come back to it. Um. So that's to pull that in. And this, this brings us right into Roses and Thorns. Um, we always ask the same questions. Um, and as you read your players, as you're, as you get into it, you, you may be able to be less specific, but I always say start with specific. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. if you want a general answer of did you have fun? Yeah, that's great, but that doesn't give you any specifics. So I, we always start with it. Did you have a good time? Because it opens the floor for that person to be like. Well, hold on, hold on. Before we start getting into specifics, let's talk about what a rose and a thorn is. True, true, true. So a rose and a thorn, um, at the end of every game session, we ask each one of our players in turn. Yes. Going around the table for a rose and a thorn. Mm -hmm. A good thing and a bad thing about that game. Mm -hmm. And this is asking for constructive criticism. There's reasons we ask each one of these questions. And we'll go over those in just a second here. You'll also hear, um, I think the Mad Elf calls it a wish and a star. Yes. Um, It's in a lot of... It's actually written into a lot more narrative games than it is on the, the tactical side, but... Um, and, uh, yeah, but, but anyways, I, I, and before the, before I started calling it a rose and a thorn, I, I, uh, we just called it breakdown. Yeah. We're just, we're, we're going to do breakdown at the end of the game. So, mm-hmm. you know. And it doesn't matter where you start. Sometimes you start, like, I tend to start with the person who I focused on in that game that the story was connected to mostly, mm-hmm. um, or who was most engaged, um, from my perspective. And that helps me because I can make quick notes about it. Um, and that's, you know, we start with, did you have fun? You know, because yeah. we want to get that opening feel, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. And then what was something that you liked? Mm-hmm. And this often sometimes is something very mechanical in the game or can be a complete scene that somebody addressed. You yeah, know, where, yeah. where they were like, dude, I totally love that you did this as a, another character. Sure. And it, it does a fun recall. And the main reason for... There, there's three main reasons I can think of for this question. Mm-hmm. Okay, first off, obviously, um, your player, you're, you're doing this immediately at the end of your game, mm-hmm. right? So you're allowing your players to essentially hype, you mm-hmm. know, and burn off a little bit of that 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 energy of the other excitement for the game, and 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 just share and commiserate what they really enjoyed about your game. Yeah. Two, um, it tells you the storyteller what you did right, what hit, you know, a ten out of ten with your players. So that you can do that again. You can expand upon that. You can make that a habit. Okay. Three, and this kind of goes back to watching what your players engage with, is this is directly asking your player, what is the thing that sparked joy with you here? What is the thing that you engaged with the most, Mm -hmm. you know, that clicked with you personally? Mm -hmm. And you're just asking them directly. It's Mm -hmm. not, this isn't even a watch them and infer. Yeah. This is, a, this, is, this is a please give me the thing. Yeah. Which, unfortunately, then leads into what didn't work for you. Well, not even unfortunately, because this is a constructive criticism question. Yeah. I like asking this question. I, I like asking this question, but I often find that uh, I, I, I get half answers because nobody necessarily has a problem. But I think I get better answers when the answers are salty. When they're about something in the story. Okay. Because it shows me a different level of engagement. Okay. okay. Like, that guy was a total ass, and I totally just want to kill him. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, that's a different point of getting engagement. Right, right, You know, now I'm getting that. But oftentimes I'll be like, well, you know, I I really didn't seem to have a problem with anything. It was was just pretty good. You know, and unfortunately that doesn't give you a lot of information. But I can – but – but it's it's the right question to ask because you, and you have to ask this question. I say, unfortunately, in the sense that you need the answers when the answers are there. Yeah. Don't yeah. just not ask the question because one time you're going to get that one answer that you really need to hear. Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. hey, I didn't like this chase at all, and in fact, the last couple times we've done chases, it's been like this, and I've just kind of waited to see how it would work out, and this isn't working out for me. 
Right. That's right. what you want to hear. You want to get that kind of feedback. Yeah, because then you know you're not going to run chases, or maybe you refine or streamline the rules. Maybe there's something you can house rule. Maybe mm-hmm. there's maybe it is, it, and then you can ask probing questions. Did was it the length of the mm-hmm. of the th- of the chase? Was it the game mechanics of the chase? Was it the fact that you just didn't catch the villain and, and they got away? You know? Yeah, they always seem to get away. You know. And one thing I'm 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 swift to remind my players too is like you know what what didn't you like about today's game session is not asking you for the thing that made your character angry. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. you gave the example earlier of, oh, I really dislike that NPC. I really want to punch him. Cool. But that's not the answer I'm looking for. Right. You you hate the NPC. I Good. Because I wrote that NPC. That's not, you know. Right. That's, it's a villain NPC. He's supposed to be hated. Right. The fact that you hate him and want to punch him is actually a good thing. Right. No, no, in the end, yes. What I'm asking for is what, what didn't can work. I do better next time to make your game experience better? Right. You hate my villain is not one of, you know, right. is not a thing I need to change. Yeah. I mean, if they can't come up with something and they end up coming up with something like that, I kind of accept it. Sure, 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 sure. And and, and look, not, not everybody's going to have, you know, good on-the-spot constructive criticism for you. A lot of your and I games, you know, yours and my ga- games. Yes, yes, you're doing fine. I think so. Uh, end up with the great majority of our players going, no, it's fine. We had yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I think my feedback for you over your last game was like, uh, it was really narrative heavy and, you know, it was weird the way that the time, or the, 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 the prophecy stuff happened, but like, you're dealing with prophecy and honestly, I can't come up with a better way of doing yeah. it. So yeah. it, it was awkward, but prophecy's always awkward. So good job. Yeah, there. yeah exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know? like, thank you. you that know? was my critique was it felt weird, but it always feels weird. So cool. You know? Yeah. And the other thing that I want to throw in here is that sometimes when you get near the end of an arc or the end of an act where, where it feels like you've wrapped and you're going to be moving to another section, like maybe they're going to end up they're traveling to another town or maybe they just finished up with a certain duke or whatever and finished a quest line Mm -hmm. you might ask you might want to throw in the question as well of what would you as the player like to see or experience i don't even think you need to make wait for a major beat i think it helps sometimes i mean it certainly helps i mean you you definitely want to ask this question at a Mm -hmm. major beat but Mm -hmm. i i i think this is this is good like because um i mean basically just after any plot happens you know uh, unless you've got a complete downtime game where you're just doing administrative stuff, something's happening. Something's changing. Something's mm-hmm. moving. Mm-hmm. The villain is doing something. The heroes are doing something. So just always asking like, okay, uh, what, you know, now that, now that you've met the vampire who's in the sewers, mm-hmm. what do you want to happen, to see happen next game? Right. Oh, we really want to confront the count. Mm-hmm. We really, you know, cause, cause she, she said the count was the one who turned her into a vampire. We really want to confront that guy. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. You know, now I, I know that there's a great enthusiasm at the table to make that happen. Guess what scenes I'm at home writing right now. Right, you know? right. And I think the other aspect of that is a lot to do with like TV shows and such where you're you're watching something. You get to the end of the season. And you're like, why didn't they bring this up? Yeah. Like and then the next season starts and it's not addressed. It's months later or whatever. And you're like, well, that feels like a letdown. There's there's something I um. There's something I, I saw that uh, Marvel was doing uh, right around the time I think Loki was coming out. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know how much truth there is to this, but I I, did, I read an article that said basically that – or no, I think it was WandaVision mm-hmm. where there was stuff – there was stuff in WandaVision that they literally on the fly rewrote mm-hmm. because they telegraphed it and the fans guessed that it was going to happen and then like in shooting, they real quick changed it. Yeah. So that it would it wouldn't be what they expected. And I'm like that's the most horrible thing I can think of to do to your plot. I agree. I 100% agree. Because first off, you know, co- kind of going back to the vampires in the sewers thing of like, you know, my my player guessed it. That was a win for that player. I agree. Like they they looked at all the breadcrumbs I left and went, "Oh crap, I see what's going on here." Yeah. Why would I rob them of that? Yeah. Why would I change any of that? Oh, uh, you guessed it was vampires in the sewers. So, uh no 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 no, now it's not. Yeah, I mean, I might, it has to be a twist. Well, what I might say is, is like, yeah, it's vampires in the sewers, and this person's down there too. Mm-hmm. That's the twist. Yeah. It's now more personal, right? You know, yes, you figured it out, and now it's connected to you. But, but like, I can't imagine. 
not giving the players the experience they clearly want. Or that makes sense, that fits the, that fits exactly. the path. What, what do you guys want to see happen next game? Well, we want to confront the count. Okay, so what, now, now that you guys expect that the count is in there, I'm going to write him out of the story? Like, yeah. you know, don't, don't do that for, for twist endings. Like, mm-hmm. that's not, give them what they want. Yeah. You're all there to experience a story. If they want to fight the count, go fight the count, you know? Yeah. Like, for me, there was a point where I was, uh, I was watching, uh, Book of Boba Fett, uh, spoilers ahead. And, uh, one of the things in it was the, uh, mayor who was uh-huh. running the town, basically, the regent. Sure. Uh, you, they never met him. He was never there, kind mm-hmm. of a thing. It was always his advisor guy who was just like, oh, he's too busy for this. Or, and my whole thought was, He's not there. He hasn't been there. It's yeah. a, this is a seedy place. He doesn't want to be there. This guy's doing everything and making it seem like there's a bumbling person beyond him who's just avoiding everyone. Yeah. Like, that made sense. It fit within. And they were like, and everything pointed to that up until the point where like, oh, no, no, no. He's he's just shady and dealing with people on the side. I'm like, that felt kind of anticlimactic. Yeah. He was anticlimactic. Even at the very end, he was anticlimactic. And, yeah, I know, I'm probably going to get some shit from Star Wars people, but at the same time, I was like, I just didn't feel like that was good writing. Yeah. Like, I, I felt like it was like, oh, guys, you know? Well, I, I, bad I, I, writing in Star Wars? I know, I know, I know. But, uh okay, so that being said, and putting that through, you know, going through the Rose of Thorns, one of the things that we do want to say is you are not immune to your own bullshit. Yes. And our players will call this out. You should answer the same question. Yes, yes. You are part of that breakdown. You're part of that it's rose and thorn. collaboration for a reason. Exactly. And your players like – look, you're, you are a player at that table. Mm-hmm. Okay? You're a storyteller. You're in a different position than the players, but you're also a player. Yes. You are also supposed to be enjoying your games. Mm-hmm. It's not a job. Yep. And so – yeah, absolutely. You're not immune to your own BS. You should absolutely, at the end of the game, answer what you liked. Mm-hmm. Did, did you have fun? Mm-hmm. What was your favorite thing that happened that session? Mm-hmm. I personally like to answer this question with what my favorite thing each character at the table did. Mm-hmm. If you, if, if I you loved it when you things. snarked off to the uh, to the bad guy, the yep. uh, Th- Thalian. Mm-hmm. I loved it when you rushed in with your sword drawn, uh, uh, Rigar. I liked mm-hmm. it when you gave that cool big religious speech, mm-hmm. uh, Theodane. You know, etc. Mm-hmm. etc. Et the center of the fireball always goes here, Tristan. Yeah. Yes. Um, what you what you thought could have gone better? Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, this is a critique of my own grasp of the rules. Mm-hmm. I thought the chase scene could have been better. You know, yep. I, I immediately thought of ways that I would house rule it differently. You know, yeah, I, I explained my whole issues with how I was going to put the orb of divination out and mm-hmm. the two different methodologies I was going to use. And you guys all agreed, like, yeah, that first one was going to be a pain in the butt. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. You chose the better option. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, you know what? What do you want to see happen next? Yep. You know, obviously don't reveal what is going to happen next. Don't, don't tell them the plot, but mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I'm, I'm excited for you guys to confront the count next game session. Yes, I'm, and I am. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm excited to see how you guys handle being surrounded by dark elves. We don't have to. You, you could just bu- bake immediately. Buddy, we teleport. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the last thing I would say for any session is, Set your next date and time if you don't have one. Mm-hmm. Get it on the books, even if it's tentative. Make sure that everyone, because you got everybody there right then. Flip open your calendars, do a check, text who you need to check, get it out there. Now, if you have a regular game day, obviously you can skip this step. It's just going to be next Wednesday or whatever. But you can you always know, check in but... and be like, is everybody good for next Wednesday? Yeah, yeah, simple, yeah. Simple sure. as that. Sure, so. sure. What we're then going to say is after your session. Post, post. Post, post game. Everybody's gone home. Maybe it's the next day. Sarah will say, always write your session recap. Write it immediately. Immediately. Uh, now, we, we play at your place. Yes. So, uh, for me, it's immediately after I get home. Right. First thing I do, I unpack my stuff. I sit down on my computer. I go to Discord. Mm-hmm. And in the public Discord channel for, for, our, for, game. My, for our game, um, I write it so that everybody has has it there as a, uh, uh, as a reference. Mm-hmm. So that... When people are going, well, it's been a month, what happened last game, they just scroll up in Discord and bam, it's there, and I pin each one. Yes. Um, and you write it immediately when you get home, because all of the highlights, all of the important parts, all of the major actions your character has taken, stuff like that, 
are fresh in your mind. Yep. And I don't know how many times it's been where it's just been even a couple days where I'm just like, oh, crap. What order did those things happen in? Uh, who who was the one who did the thing? Yeah. You know. I I struggle with this because when I'm done with my session, I do my cleanup. And by that point, it's late enough for me that either I need to do something else or wind down has to happen. And I just don't have the spoons left in me yeah, absolutely. to do it because my anxiety absolutely. had been riding. Yeah. And so... For me, I'm actually going to be getting myself – I'm going to try and solve this problem. That is, I'm going to get myself a DAT recorder that I can record the sessions. Mm -hmm. And then I can play it back for myself at a later point and put the notes in, and use it as a reminder point for myself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and they're they're inexpensive, but that's for me. Like, I would highly recommend if you've got the time and you've got the spoons, do it. Uh, one other thing I'll, I'll add, too, is that your recap is not um... – is not a place for embellishment or conjecture. No. Um, no. You should give facts. This should be a record of what mm -hmm. happened, things that actually are yes, um, or are known to yes. be. Um, so, you know, the bad guy did this. You learned this, this and this and this. You witnessed this. Exactly. And none of that is going to be a lie or a half-truth or a, this is what they saw. It's always a fact. Yes. So you leave any of that stuff out. Yes. You know. Um. And the the main reason for that. Um. And, and I like I know probably a lot of other storytellers disagree with me on this of just like handing a bunch of information to your players and stuff like that. But for me, like, I've never been big on the idea of like you know faffing around for seven game sessions trying to bumble my way into the solution behind a mystery. You know. Mm -hmm. Like, if a mystery gets solved in two game sessions, like it was with mine, like, that's fine. That means the plot moves forward. Mm -hmm. The plot isn't done because you guys solved the mystery. Now you have to confront the bad guy. Mm -hmm. Now you have to unravel why the bad guy is doing the thing that she's doing in the first place. Yeah. You know? Um, my, my favorite ones on Reddit are, you know, well, my players couldn't figure this out, but they had the item all along. Okay. That doesn't sound fun. Well, and the best part was like, well, how many sessions? Oh, like eight sessions over the course of three months. Oh my god. That like get ground at my soul when I read that. Yeah. Can you imagine spending three months, eight sessions of game time, going like, we could we we could have been doing something else this whole time, but we just shoved it in our bag of holding and forgot about it. The true answer is your players did that five minutes ago. Yeah. Or the characters that five minutes ago, not your players. Yeah, your players did that three months ago. The characters did it 15 minutes ago. Right. And that's that's always a big thing about those. Um, review your Rose and Thorns. I think that's a good thing because mm -hmm. it might make changes yeah. before you even get to doing stuff. And I think your real talk point here is 100% spot on. Sometimes players are just salty. Yep. Sometimes... You're going to ask for a thorn, and they're going to tell you, well, this monster was too hard, or this monster was too easy, or I didn't like that we got ambushed when I had no spell slots left. And sometimes you are doing things right. Mm -hmm. Sometimes your players are just salty, mm -hmm. and they're just going to complain. Um, or they and, haven't had their V8, or they're bad on vitamins, or they're not feeling well, and you have no idea. And look, I mean, it's... Definitely consider mm -hmm. all the feedback that your players give you. 100%. But know that sometimes you still did the right thing. And you might need to check in with somebody else and be like, like sure. you check in with me sometimes. Check in on our Discord. Be like, hey, I yeah. kind of got some nasty feedback our, from my group. Let's talk about our it Our Discord's a great place for that. It's just full of storytellers or who are, you can just go on and be like, hey, guys, this just happened. What's, can, can I get a vibe check? Yeah, and it's great. It's nice to get a vibe check. You know, I, I love seeing it. I love that our community does that. Um there are some other communities that are pretty good about it, mm -hmm. and and I I think you can you can definitely put it out there and and feel get the feelers to double check that yeah, yeah you know because it's good for your soul in the end it really is it really is but but you know just just remember not not all feedback is valuable sometimes sometimes it's just blown off steam yep and that's perfectly fine mm -hmm. that is perfectly fine.
All right. We've got 10 minutes left. Do you want to do some questions? Yeah, I think these questions are good. I think some of them are a little are, – are, are, will get us pretty deep here. So Yeah, sure. Um, so Charles asks, what's the ideal amount of feedback, reflection, and review on your game uh, campaign as they go on? Does giving out-of-character feedback every session break immersion, or does it improve communication? 100% improves communication. I agree. I've um, never once had it feel like it breaks immersion ever with my group. Yeah, I like I could talk about my game and my the, the, with with my characters, uh, you know, about what their in character motivations are, their desires. I love having those conversations mm-hmm. because it gives me such great insight into things that I need to write into my game to make sure that my my players are getting the experience out of their game that they want. Yeah. Um and and again, we're when we're talking about this, we're not talking about going into the details of the NPCs they met or the plot itself. Yeah, we're, yeah, yeah. We're talking about their perspectives on things. Well, like for instance, I had a really great conversation with uh the person who plays our Nord warrior, mm-hmm. okay? And I had an idea for a plot arc for him. Yeah. And so I just kind of like subtly was like, "Hey, what is it that your character like most wants? Like, what's your end game? Obviously, I know you want to punch a dragon in the face. Like, that's <laughs> that's been established. But that dragon wasn't there before, right? You know, um, until until I introduced him in the plot, and he kind of became your main focus. If the dragon weren't there, what would your character consider? Like, yeah, I won. You mm-hmm. know. And he started talking about how he he has a thing for the Nord culture mm-hmm. and how the culture of Skyrim, and he feels like um, in these times of peace, essentially, that sort of warrior spirit of Iskramor has, like, faltered and gotten soft. The Klingons have gotten soft. Yeah, and he wants to kind of, like, become the best version of that Nord warrior. You know, he wants to bring that spirit back. I don't know that he necessarily wants to go as far as like, I want to be the next Iskramor, but yeah. like, but you know, if he did, he'd consider that a big win, yeah. you know? And I said, okay. So he's like really super, like uh, not Nord supremacist, but like he's very in, into the culture. He's yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I said, now if you were offered power that comes from a different culture, say like a red guard walked up to you and was like, Hey, Here's a different thing that is, you know, from 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 the Red Guard culture, from the uh, from the Yokudans. Would you accept it? And he's like, no, it's it's not Nord. Mm-hmm. And I went, well, ball that plot line up and toss it out the window, yep. you know. And for a moment, that stung because but, I was like, that was a really good idea. Yeah, but it's not what his character would have wanted. And just to be clear, that 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 balled up thing that just got tossed off is may, literally sitting on a shelf somewhere now. It's sitting on a shelf somewhere now. Yeah. Yeah. So that may that may end up in front of another character. Yeah. Um, but but now I know like that would have fallen flat. Mm-hmm. I didn't get invested in writing that plot because, you know, I had a simple conversation with him. I understand his character better. Mm-hmm. He probably understands his character better because mm-hmm. I've asked him these prompting questions. Mhm. We're both better for it. Yep, totally. And now I know how to make his game enjoyable. Yep. Yep. It's it, And that's fantastic. It's things like that that, I agree, don't break immersion. Yeah. Um, We got Nox is the next one, which is uh, and happy 150th. Thank you so much, Nox. Thank you. Um, my question is about scene building. Do you think assigning each of the background NPCs with roles, tasks, moods, and immediate plans a good idea for having pre-existing events that your players can jump right into. Absolutely. Especially if you're doing something that is um, location-based. Uh-huh. That's great because if they want to go do something, like if you're kind of sandboxing a little bit, which is challenging, they, you know, and they go into a bar, you can already have a situation going on in the bar. Yeah. That may seem very benign and they could care less about. Great. They could care less about it. But it doesn't everybody's got motivations. They're yeah. all ready to go. It's not it's not about it's not about having something for the players to get involved in. Like Correct. the situation in the bar may not have anything to do with the players and the players may never get involved in it. Correct. But the fact is something is always happening everywhere. Yes. And it makes your world feel more lived in, like your NPCs aren't just standing around waiting for your PCs to show up. Again, back to my shotter man, is that he had a motivation. Yeah. And that's that was all it was. Like, I gave him a motivation so that when they came in, they were like, okay, this is a creepy dude. We just need to take care of this and get the hell out of here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that didn't happen. So I it 
opened up a doorway for a whole plot without even thinking about it. That's happened in other storylines that I've had where I've had a single individual who had a single purpose, and but I was prepared with where they were going, yeah. what their end direction was. Yeah, absolutely. And if, you know, if someone just stopped and asked that bartender, like, what do you really want to do with your life? And the bartender's prepared to say, you know what? I've always wanted to sing, but I can never get a band to come in here. They always seem to already have a singer. Okay. That's pretty cool. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, have it, you taken lessons? No. <laughs> and, and look, maybe, maybe your PC's taken interest in this. Maybe they, they, they start an open mic night at yeah. that bar or something like that, you know, you know, or, or maybe they don't. Maybe they just go, okay, Bob, cool. That's awesome. Have you heard anything about the goblins and the mines? Yeah. You know, but at the same time, if they, they send letters back to Bob and be like, hey, there's an open mic at this other place in this other town that we just found out about that doesn't know about you. Yeah. You could go there and be someone else. Yeah. And they come back to town to see Fred at open mic and they're like, hey, Hey, Fred. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that was a really good song. You should do that more often. Actually, yeah. I, I kind of want to highlight this. Just this. The, I want to highlight the question again. Sure. Uh, from Knox, because I think this is a great list. No, it is fantastic list of of things you need for your NPCs. A role. Mm-hmm. So, what what does your NPC yep. do? Task. What are they currently doing? Yeah. Mood. Mm-hmm. How how do they feel about it? Yep. And immediate plans. Yeah. We t- when we talked about NPCs, I put this together, and I was just like, when you walk into the blacksmith shop, what is his task? What is he currently working on? No blacksmith is just literally standing around polishing his hammer. Mm-hmm. You know, as funny as that sounds, it's the truth. He's going to be working on something. He's going to be in a mood. Is he happy? Is he upset about it? Is he worried that he's not going to be able to do what he wants to do? And what is his immediate plans? Does he need to go get some silver because he didn't finish a project for his daughter whose birthday's on Thursday? Yeah. You know, does it was the, you know, Duke expecting to have his dagger jeweled and he got emeralds and he really needed rubies? Oh no. I did a lot of this with uh, with the NPCs and the guilds you guys were in. Very much so. Of uh, just uh, intertwining, just just little moods and goals and mm-hmm. stuff like that between them. But now, when you guys go to your guilds, like you know every single one of these characters now, you know, mm-hmm. and you're just like, oh, I'm gonna check in with Mirabelle. What's Mirabelle up to? You know, my uh, my thing with uh, uh, that I did. Uh, what was his name? The the data character. I can never. Oh, uh, Ander. Ander, where I literally turned Ander on somebody. Yeah. Like, like, you should ask about this. <laughs> and just like, really? And I just slowly back out of the room like, son of a bitch. He's going to be badgering me with questions for yep. three hours now. Yep. Tell yep. me about this. Yeah. Spare no detail. <laughs> but yeah, I I think uh, um, Nox goes on a little bit, but effectively I agree. It It does take the randomness out of it and honestly takes a load off of you as the storyteller because you know what's going on in that room. Yeah, yeah. Now, I've seen some people go so far as to have three by five cards that they just have off to the side mm-hmm. that says like, oh, I need a uh, – I just need a blacksmith. Here's everything about him for the day. Yeah, sure. And I just they just set it down and they do that. I think it's great. Yeah, I think it's I, great. if you want to go that far, by all means, go to town. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm probably going to have to do that for my uh my uh savage seas that I'm going to be doing because mm-hmm. I'm doing more of a sandboxy situation because I don't quite know what you guys are going to bring to the table. Sure, absolutely. for that and how even the town's going to look. Uh huh. But I'm going to have very interesting people in that town. Excellent. And I I think that's really what we're kind of coming down to is if you come together with some steps, some procedures, and just do it on the regular, you will feel more comfortable with your storytelling, and that will come over to your players. Yep, absolutely. So, all right. So next week's topic is uh, a little treat, actually. It's yeah. going to be it's basically going to be my show. Um, so a lot of feedback we've been getting is that um, you know we always give little components of the storytelling thing, but nobody's really heard how we do a campaign from start to finish. So we'll so give it a try. It's my campaign breakdown. I'm going to give you the entire skinny on mine. You can find us on Twitter at ST underscore Conclave, on Instagram at ST underscore Conclave. Listen to us live every Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern time on MixLR.com slash Storyteller dot Conclave, uh, dash Conclave, sorry. Uh, and uh, join us up on our Discord. You can find the link on our Twitter and uh, as well as our website, StorytellerConclave.com. We'd like to thank our Patreon members. You help us out all the time, but especially our name members, Knox and 
in the Box, Sam, The Arcane Asylum, Sparkle Motion, Veteran, and Hulavu. Our pre-show music, if you were listening live on MixLR here, is by Arcane Anthems. You can find that at patreon.com slash arcane anthems. Our intro music is Beyond the Warriors by Geefrog. You can find that at geefrog.bandcamp.com or on Google Music. And our outro music, which is only our footprints in the sand, is by Midair Machine, and you can find that at freemusicarchive.org. Big shout-out, as always, to our families, Vicky and Sean. Thank you so much for loving and supporting us. All of our friends who have sat with us at our tables over the years gives these great stories to share with you. And you, every single one of our listeners, we love you so much. Love you. Good night. Good night.